You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Took a week off. I went to Puerto Rico. Nice to have you back, buddy. Yep, it's good to be back. We hit a hurricane both ends. Different ones. So I landed in Puerto Rico. I think we were like the second plane in after, you know, the hurricane hit. Yeah, And then when I was leaving the country 10 days later, we was like the first day of planes getting back into Miami after the the Florida stuff. And that was a different hurricane altogether. I think that was Ian. And then we landed, you know, and the devastation they had in Florida. We weren't there long enough to see any of that. But man, that's that place got pretty wrecked from that hurricane for sure. Well, nice to have you back in the studio. Mm, yes. We missed you, buddy. I did get a lot done, though, while you while you were gone. Nice. Yeah. Well done. I might not have had any uh, reason, like, whether you were here or not, I don't know if it mattered, but I just felt very productive while you were gone. <laughs> <laughs> you saying I'm distracting in the ah, studio? hey All right. All right. All right. What we got this week? We got David Tal, comedy genius. Um, Dave Smith, a couple of Daves. Dave Smith was good. And then obviously, you know, the repeat offender, Greg Fitzsimmons, legend. Did you have a favorite this week? My my favorite was Dave Smith. Yeah, you know, I often make my favorites the the new people that come on that are impressive because it's like, I haven't heard them. I have low expectations. And then, bam, they're just, you know, often very interesting. Dave was that for sure. Though I'm such a fan of Dave Attell. Yeah, that legend. I really, wanted legend. To, I really wanted to hear what he had to say. And um, I I just immensely enjoyed that. Yeah. I mean, for sure. Well, and I like that he smokes American Spirits. Yo, what up? And yeah. they are not a sponsor. What up to American Spirit? They taste wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> I just had one. Unofficial sponsor. Yeah, but my blood pressure might be a little high, mm. but I should probably stop that. Wow. So, yeah, Dave Smith. It's all about the clubs, baby. I hope, uh, you know, they talked about Joe maybe starting a club in Houston. He obviously hasn't started his new comedy club in Austin yet. That That's when... We're gonna we're gonna go right. That's in January, probably January. But is what he thinks it. It's getting close. Yeah, just to hear him talking about potentially starting more than one club is pretty sweet. Really cool. You know, hopefully this one goes well enough to where he does a few of these. Like, why not? Well, and I think the energy's there. I mean, Rogan talks about the these new comics having the energy and. I really think this new era of comedy is has begun already. You know, you don't need to have a Netflix special to be the boss anymore. You can do it on YouTube. Yeah. You can and and there there's some stoke there. There's a lot of writing, there's a lot of energy, more freedom. And and clubs like Rogan, I mean maybe once Rogan starts this club, other comics will start. I mean, what's the reason why other comics in this you know why Why can't they start him? You know, I think the big thing is that he Rogan saw, along with many other comics, that it can be stopped. A pandemic can stop all of this. yeah, and and who knows what other things could stop it? like if it if it happens once, then it can happen again. And if there's multiple clubs in areas that are not likely to close down, that's you know, it's got to give a lot of comics some confidence and faith. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of Texas, baby. Free for all. Freedom freedom rings in Texas, mm-hmm. baby. Should probably open a Florida one, too, then. Uh, okay. Well, maybe. Just saying, they're not going to shut down unless a hurricane blows them away. True. True story. Mm. I mean, Dave started in the 80s, just like Joe did. 
you know, there was a, there was a, he called it the end of the comedy boom, right? And still kicking. Yeah. Got through it. Yeah, it seems like they did go through some interesting lulls in comedy. Yeah, I mean, what it, I'd like to know more about how that was and how it worked. Well, I, I mean, I'm curious. Like, I mean, I know Attell is an obvious badass and a legend in the comedy world, but what did he do differently to get him through it? You know what I mean? These guys just stuck at it, man. It's not like he was. It's not like he got onto a sitcom. Mm-mm. You know, he didn't pull a Seinfeld in the late '80s like Seinfeld. No, we got through it. Well, I mean. Dave is pretty well known as one of the best joke writers, period, and just consistently incredibly funny. Who is he writing for? Uh, no, for himself. Yeah, for okay. his own. But not jokes. not for any other. Um, I don't know if he's wrote on any shows. He may have. Um, He'd be but, good at it. But mainly, he's just a diehard, true stand-up, and very well respected, but like kind of underrated because people don't know him as well. Outside of people close to the comedy you think, world, you think so? I mean, kinda. It's he's just not a huge name in the sense of like arena selling out. But my god, he could do it. He just doesn't push on social media. He doesn't care about that. Joe often says it. He doesn't really promote himself. But they all know how good he is. Yeah. It's just it's just how he does it. He does it his way. Yeah, he seems to be one of those those comics that just doesn't give a fuck. And that's what makes him awesome, right? Well, he doesn't take himself too seriously. I mean, it's hard for him to even hear Joe praise him. True. So think about that. I understand that, though. And, but I, he I took it. That. He said, you know what? A lot of times I struggle to hear this, but from you means a lot. And it's because he knows that Joe has been around and wouldn't blow smoke. Yeah, he's genuine. And it's like, look, dude, you're this good. That's what I love about Rogan, man. He's he's a genuine person. He doesn't he does not bullshit. He does not bullshit. Unless he's bullshitting, then it's Well, I mean <laughs> unless you know he's bullshitting. He's of not bullshitting. I mean that's like and uh, He really should take Dave on to those big arena things. He said he would. Yeah, dude. I would love to see some footage of Dave doing one of those. I don't even know if he's done anything that big. Well, he's probably done some like comedy um, festivals maybe that were really that big and obviously he could do it and handle that crowd but I don't know if he's like selling events that big did did Dave was he at the Vulcan with Joe or no uh, he's probably gonna th- perform while he's out there I'm sure yeah I thought maybe I thought that already happened but I could be wrong it may have I mean I know they were obviously talking about Ron White and how amazing Ron White is and how Ron White is, you know, pursuing comedy again, even after being sober and Dude, totally almost, killing it. Yeah, he's like better now. He's amazing. Love that. Always love that dude. But the fact that he almost quit because of the COVID stuff, I mean, I just, it breaks my heart to think of how many up-and-coming comics we lost. Like the five, maybe up to like five, six years in, but really making some headway, and then that happens. Life goes on. You got to live. Things change. Maybe you moved away from the spots where you can perform a lot, and in a sense, we lost like that, not generation, but that, I guess, a generation of comics maybe. I, that seems a little harsh. That seems a little much. But I gr- I agree that we've lost some comics, but I think the best comics are going to push through the pandemic no matter what. And they're, you know. Yeah, I, maybe, but they couldn't perform. Right. Like, there's no way you could have gone. So right. they could be that good, but if they're not practicing and then they, you know, move away, you can, that's it. But, you know, as you know, from being a stand-up comic, it is an absolute addiction. Mm-hmm. And the people It has who, to be, because it's such a stupid, the, ridiculous I thing I mean, to come do. on. The people who are addicted to it and the adrenaline that you get from being on stage is so addictive that the, the ones that are going to shine are going to bust through. So I would, I would say that the people that maybe faded off during the pandemic weren't meant to be comics. No, that's... No? You don't no. think? See, the problem is people only see the comics that make Netflix and TV when they've done at least 10 years. 
True. People don't see the work that comes before them. I mean, there are great comics today that like six, seven plus years in, they were kind of terrible. Yeah. And people were like, why are you still doing this? Like sometimes it just gets to a point where it clicks. Why, why or do you, they think, say why do you got, think that is? Because they say you got to find your voice, right? And I wasn't even close to that. I was like maybe halfway to that. But it's it's where you're just, it's it's what one people expect you to sound like probably. And then you you just, all the jokes are coming from you instead of, you know, or maybe through you. I don't know how to say it, but it's like you're not, you're not just writing jokes that you think people will like. It's like what you think yourself is funny and good, and it's, and it's how you want to say it. And you just take the audience on a journey instead of just placating to them, which is probably what's happening mostly when you're starting out and you're a stand-up. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And but also don't you think the best comics are the ones that can bring their personal lives, at least in my opinion, the best comics are the ones that bring their personal lives and ideologies into the stage. Of course, but they didn't, onto the stage. But they didn't do that from day one. They it took them a long time. It probably took them a decade to do that. They had to get comfortable. And if a lot of people stick with it that long, they can find that place. Yeah, but come on, look at Eddie Murphy, dude. He wasn't around for 10 years. He fucking blew up when he was 20. Yeah, but I, I think that he's a different breed. He's unusual. I mean, he's exceptionally good. And there are always those people. He was just always comfortable on stage. You know, I think he probably put way more work in than everyone else, too. I guess what I'm getting at is that if Eddie Murphy came up during the pandemic, we would have kept seeing him. He would have figured it out. He would have, like, they talk about Dave Chappelle. They talked about it on this, uh, with, with Attell, mm -hmm. about how they, during the pandemic, they it, brought it? these outdoor shows. Mm -hmm. And they're way harder. You got to do them at night. You can't do them during the day because people are, like, self-conscious about laughing during the day. But those are fucking hard. That's not like doing a club. Yeah, but Dave was already super famous True. when he did that. Let's True. take Eddie True. Murphy at 17, where he's hitting the clubs, crushing it, doing multiple clubs a night, and so really funny. getting... And then the pandemic comes. He's not putting on cornfield comedy. Right. Dave had a lot of money and could test everybody and do it and... Look, my point is having these multiple clubs that Rogan's putting together, you know, in different spots in the country that he knows won't close down is just, I think it gives comedy the opportunity to not get stuck like it almost did. Yeah. You know, oh, and, and lose a lot of those people. Thank goodness. We need to laugh, dude. Hey, man, he's a, he's a, he is a, pioneer mm. right mm -hmm. rogan's a pioneer and he's hopefully like I, I was saying earlier hopefully p other comics that are successful maybe Attell's not the person to do this but somebody like bert or kevin tom Hart, dude. or tom or kevin hart kevin has all the money in maybe the world. maybe they maybe they well yeah he's probably richer than rogan no doubt maybe maybe they will start clubs and maybe that will create this crescendo, crescendo <laughs> good word, baby, Nice. <laughs> of, of, of new clubs opening up because we need it. Because Netflix specials are going, I, th I personally think that Netflix specials are not, yes, they're the norm right now. And that's how people are finding comedy. Most people that aren't like way into comedy are finding Netflix specials and are going, yeah, this dude's hilarious. Awesome. Mm -hmm. He's going to do a tour. He or she's going to do a tour. That's great. But having these new comedy clubs that are more localized and more at the heart of the community of wherever they are established at, whether it's Texas or like you said, Florida, what doesn't matter where those to me, those are what's going to create the next batch of amazing comics yeah of course. of course and that's cool though because that's just, i feel like that's a new thing and i feel like rogan's starting it i yeah i hope so we'll see i mean don't open them in california then because they close that well, shit down yeah. any chance they can get yeah too liberal don't well just too too into closing stuff down all right let's let's say that. i'm not gonna hate on liberalism i'm, I'm more of a libertarian but 
yeah, it, it's it's a shame that these things have been getting shut down over something that really didn't. Yeah, it was bullshit. Really didn't. Uh, I don't want to get into the pandemic, but it seems to me that had we taken it, we could have taken it a different way and kept old people, sick people, fat people out of the equation. And the healthy people could have been fine by staying in comedy clubs and doing their thing. Could have watched comedy. Could have done it outside. And maybe (laughs) our, you know, maybe inflation wouldn't be so goddamn (laughs) horrific right now. We're going down a rabbit hole. Sorry. No, it's all right. But I mean, what what was that thing they talked about? The bubonic plague? Some dude eating a raw marmot meat? Sorry, I had just had that in my notes, but that was totally random. Mm hmm. Could be. Weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they know exactly where all that shit comes from. Or how from. about Cameo? Have you checked out Cameo? That I wanted to talk to you about that. I've heard of it before, and I'm not surprised the people they listed that were in the top um, group of that. Kevin from The Office? Yeah, if you guys follow uh, the Jerry Companion, uh, po- uh, like Instagram, which is a great uh, Rogan one, they he put, like I think, the, like the top ten. People okay. on Cameo. I knew most of them. I didn't see that. Is Ice T one of them? I don't think he is. He I'm surprised crushes. Snoop Dogg is. He's probably too rich, though. Dude, so personal story for a second. Go on. So my brother's wife um, hired, like, so you pay people, right? You pay for, you pay like whatever they charge. It's like, I think like it's 300 like 300 bucks. It's, it's not like much. two or 300 bucks for like literally like 15 seconds for them and you give them a script. Yeah. And they say whatever it is you give them. That's hilarious. And so she bought I think it was like 300 bucks for iced tea to wish my brother a happy birthday. Love that. <laughs> that's fucking awesome. That's so It good. was so rad. And he's like, "Hey, Scotty, this is fucking iced tea and I'm here to wish you a motherfucking happy birthday." Can you do cameo so dope. if you do impressions? I don't know. And then- I, I don't know much about it. Imagine if you charge way less, but you're like, look, I can do like all 10 of these people. Should we do it? Let me know. And ooh, right. maybe we do bad impression cameo. Settle down, Hightower. <laughs> <laughs> Remember Hightower from yeah. Police Academy? All the you fucking noises. crushed it. It's good for them. Fuck it. Make some money. I, I was, Even if it's fun, I think Joe should do it. I was surprised to hear that Kevin from The Office had the most. And they're talking like he's making like 12 grand or 20 grand a day doing these things. No. A day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, no, it was like a year. They were making like quarter of a million. They weren't making that much. Dude, a quarter of a million dollars a year to fucking do cameos for people? That's ridiculous. Well, amazing. yeah, that's a lot of money. But yeah. the Ke- Kevin from the office skin royalties forever, dude. I mean, well, it's probably not a lot for him. He probably just enjoys it. I bet I, it's just I'm funny. just saying as like an extra added bonus income, that's incredible. Not the worst. Freaking, not the worst at freaking all. Freaking awesome. <clears throat> I'd do it. It's it's a cool site, and I actually had forgotten about that site, and then they brought it up, and I remembered that Ice T wished my brother a happy birthday. If you could get anybody to do a cameo, who would it be? Like Hugh Hefner. You think so? <laughs> I mean, okay. R.I.P. Reasonable. I mean, Hugh Hefner is one of my idols because uh-huh. he started. I mean, I'm a magazine guy. I'm a publisher. Yeah. So, I mean, what he did. You know, he saved the Hollywood sign. The reason the Hollywood sign looks good now. I didn't know that. Yeah. But I I mean, just for like women's rights and freedom of speech, he is one of the, no matter how much shit he will get for being the guy that he is, you know, take take women aside, right? How was he for women's rights? Like surely he's considered like a massive misogynist. That's what I'm saying. And that's where there's this weird uh, line that gets drawn, like, and and I don't know. I don't know what most people think about Hugh Hefner, but I think he was one of the forefathers for freedom of speech. I mean, he when he was doing those Playboy Club shows, like when they had that club in Chicago, mm-hmm. the top floor he would do, I think it was like Playboy After Hours was the name of the show. This is in the 60s and 70s. He was bringing on black artists. No one, like Johnny Carson was not pl- bringing on those like oh, black so, artists okay so like that sort of thing and also women's rights um talking about those types of 
um, those types of conversations that were happening in Playboy, like you take away the naked women, right? And you look at just the articles that were going in Playboy, mm-hmm. they were absolutely ahead of their time, like so far forward, so far forward. I would have to say mine would be Alex Jones. Alex Jones, you want him to... Turn your phone off. <laughs> Alex, you want Alex Jones to tell you happy birthday? Not me, but like <laughs> other people. Because that would probably annoy some people and I would find that amusing. <clears throat> it depends. It depends who he's talking to. I mean, how do Maybe we, start, how do we start a cameo account? Is uh, it easy? Well, probably. Let's find out. Did you have anything else on a tell? No, just that I love him. And I'm glad yeah. that he's still doing comedy and being awesome. And I, if he did a show that Rogan, like one of Rogan's arena shows, I would like to fly down and watch it. Like to me, as a fan of him, like, and I, you know, I like, I, you know, I think Rogan's comedy is great. I would like to watch him in arena whenever. But I haven't. I used to see him at the comedy store. I mean, I would go to a show that he had David Tell on, for sure. All right, let's jump over to Dave Smith. You were a big fan of Dave Smith. Tell us about I it. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with, I would, I would say that I'm a libertarian. I would say that I agree with a lot of, I mean, I would have voted for Bernie Sanders, right? That's mm-hmm. like where I'm at with things. I want a change. I want to see. Um, I want to see less government, and I want to. And I feel like everyone should have the right to do whatever the fuck they want. Did Bernie want less government? Uh, no, and and uh, again, I don't think that like Bernie's not a libertarian, is he? He's an independent, which yeah. is. I mean, independents are more along that idea of libertarianism i mean socially he's probably wanting government to get in the way of those programs and 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 give more money he wants you know more taxes for the rich which i don't agree on i think there should be a flat tax so in my mind libertarianism makes the most sense Mm. um i just think that people should have the right to do whatever they want with less government control i've always felt that way well not true i felt that way in my older years, like after college, I kind of started feeling that way. Yeah. I mean, I think it's good. And there's there's got to be some some kind of intervention with government, too, just to make sure certain things aren't getting out of control. Yeah, and I, you know? yeah, I, know, I don't know. Do libertarians think that there should be a flat tax? Because I definitely think there should be. I don't know. Um, but I don't, what, I don't follow... What I really liked about Dave is that, you know, he, look, he knows the system is broken. He knows that what we're doing is wrong. He knows that all this money going to special interest groups and wars and, you know, all this like so-called help that we give to other countries when they're going through a, a change in government or, you know, saying that the the Americans are going to save everybody is just bullshit. And I agree with that. It's like, we need to start at home. We need to bring it back. And that's what I love about Ron Paul. And he talked about Ron Paul right at the beginning. I mean, I don't, what are your thoughts on Ron Paul? Dude, I like watching him interview Fauci. That cracks me up. Ron Paul's the shit. Yeah. He's like pushing him hard and that guy needs to be pushed hard. What did you think of the recap on, Zuckerberg and the FBI. Because when I first heard it, it sounded somewhat reasonable coming from Zuckerberg, but also very concerning, right? It wasn't like I just accepted it, but I was like, okay, I could see if I ran that company, maybe I would take that stance. You're you're talking about the pressure on tech companies to do the right thing? No, directly about the Hunter Biden you right, know, right, right, right. Okay. Emails and videos, and and that they're saying it's a Russian dump and blah blah blah. Right. I Which mean, I I disagree with that. The, here's the problem with it: they had video of him buying crack. I saw it. It's like, why would anyone think that that was just fake and made by Russians? If they just showed that video, they're like, like that's too shocking. And crazy to not show. 
Like, there's no way they wouldn't have shown Trump's kids doing the same thing. That would have been everywhere, and that would have ended in a campaign. Agreed. Like, if like you're saying, if it was easy, if it was so easy to recreate and to fake, they would have done that with Trump. That's what you mean? No, I mean nobody's doing that. Like it, nobody's like making whole fake videos with somebody and saying that's them. But soon they will be. Soon, but like yeah. we know, like look, they're not denying that that was him in those crack videos. Right. Right. It's like if we right. had this of. Trump's kid, they're going to be showing it, and they can't say that's fake. So, yeah, if it was a bunch of just emails and documents and shady stuff he got up to in Ukraine, maybe that could be faked, and then we shouldn't believe it. So that's a reasonable concern to be like, this might be fake, blah, blah, blah. But if these videos were out there, it's like, what what were they saying? Well, and and we know now that what Alex Berenson was talking about on Twitter and the things that he was trying to explain to the American public were actually true. Yeah. And and yes, that's not Facebook, but it it's same. I mean, Twitter's the same fucking thing. And we know now that what he's saying is true. And so now he's not banned, right? Because he had to go to court for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he's able to be back on Twitter, but the, the the sad part of that is that our government seems to be creating these, um, basically our government seems to be creating these narratives that they want, and it doesn't matter whether they're true or not. They're just going to do what they want. Yeah, but the FBI shouldn't be leaning but, in on this. But they are. Like, they're part of the narrative now? Absolutely. So whoever the president is just runs the FBI, and they can put pressure on anyone. I think whatever narrative that they want to control, that they they will do that. And obviously, they didn't want those documents to become public, and they didn't want us to think that they were real, so they tried to get in front of it and talk to somebody like Zuckerberg, who controls... Facebook and is like most of people's fucking news for the day is on Facebook, as sad as that is. Yeah, the only thing that I felt like kind of backed him up is the fact that he's like, why do I want to get in the middle of this? I'm not like, I want the truth out or I want like information out, but also I don't necessarily need to get in the middle of an American Russian. Right you know, thing, or even if there's, pre- like, it's it's probably, like, a difficult spot to be in. I'm not trying to defend him. I just imagine it would be. I'm not, yeah. Or he goes at everything head first, and he's like, we're open to everything, let's go. Well, but, like, I that, mean. That gets slippery, too. I can't remember what, I mean, when. well, it was. It was when when Zuckerberg was on Rogan, he talked about how they're creating all of these you know, he's spending literally more than most countries spend on yeah, yeah. Facebook. Five, $5 billion a year to, is his defense budget. To make sure that these bots, these so-called bots, whether they're Russian or wherever, are getting dealt with, right? Yeah. So I, I oh, commend him you, for that. Did you see that he bought out a UFC? No. Dana denies it. I don't know the truth. I'll believe Dana. I love that guy. Yeah. But the last UFC they had, it was just really no press, just UFC staff and Zuckerberg wow. hanging out with Dana. I didn't see watching that. Watching fights. I don't know more about it. I didn't look into it enough to be like what the actual, like the UFC's version of the story is for like why it was like that. But I mean, we're not in COVID. So why are they doing a zero audience UFC? Yeah, I didn't see any of that. Maybe it's a security risk for Zuckerberg. You know, maybe it was just like a polite thing. And Dana was like, hey, you know, you're a powerful guy. I'd like to be in good favor with you. And I'll set this UFC up. Like, we weren't planning on selling many tickets anyway. And you can just come in and watch it. You know? Yeah, that's weird. I mean, money talks. I would say that that probably has something to do with money. Well, look, people got mad, but it's like, look, Zuckerberg has been a billionaire since he was like in his early 20s. 
he's like the youngest one. Of, I mean, he's probably just got all of the shit that he is ever interested in his whole life. Yeah. I mean, he can do, he can do whatever he wants. What did, what did you think about, um, and I've heard this before about the Tonkin, the Tonkin, uh, Tonkin war or Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah. Thank you. Um, about how basically, I mean, this was in the sixties, late sixties. And it just, for me, it just reminded me of how much our government has lied to us in the past to get what they want. And I think that's like what we were just talking about. They will do whatever they want to control the narrative. And that is what people need to understand and people need to come together, whether they're right wing, left wing, center of the aisle. We're getting, we're, we're getting false information from the powers that be so that they can control the narrative and make money. And that, I mean, that's been happening for decades. But and also, that's fucked up. Also, you can't not have your government. For one, we're kind of enslaved to them. But early on, it was like, we need to build a government to be sustainable and a country and have a military and keep ourselves safe. So now we're kind of lumbered with them. And yeah, yeah they're just not honest and very truthful i i don't like it's no surprise though i'm not saying it's a surprise but right from the get-go uh dave smith is talking about how if we just got rid of a few things right if we just stopped bombing third world countries if we stopped jailing people for bullshit offenses and if we stopped bailing out billionaires we could maybe (laughs) have a, a government that's a little bit more for the people. Like, that's the, that's it, what's fucked. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's for the people. And no, that's what's a shame. it's for the pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And, 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 and it's fo- it, it is a government run in cahoots with billionaires because they are paying all of our governmental salaries who then, every, you know, they leave government and then they go work for a pharmaceutical company or they're lobbyists for another company. And if our forefathers could see what was happening, it would be absolutely, they would be so pissed. They, they probably expected to be like this. I don't think so. Because if you look at history, if you look at what the forefathers, like if you look at what government was back in the day, it was basically you were a, you were a person who was, who was not getting paid for what you were doing, or you were getting paid a small salary because you wanted to be there. Right. That is not the case anymore. It hasn't been the case for way too long. Yeah. But I, it's it's almost like when you're in a job and you have the worst part of the job, like, you know, IBM is a good company to work for, maybe. Or like Google, let's say. Yeah. But if you're the janitor there, then you're the bottom of the rung of that good company. So now look at it as like living in the United States. You're born here. Great. Lucky because it's one of the most prosperous countries in the world. And you got born here. But if you're still the janitor in that country, it sucks. So the people that got powerful and moved up through the company, if you're like one of the top guys at Google then it's a pretty solid place to be. You're making a lot of money. You're doing the same. So in the same way, governments kind of run like a company. If you don't have power and influence in these things, yeah, you won't work through the channels as well. You're going to get played. You're going to get pulled around. It's going to suck. I'm not making an excuse for why it happens, but of course it happens that way. There's no like utopia mm. where like the billionaire has all the same shit as the janitor like there's just nowhere that's going to work like that i i get that but there's some Doesn't simple sound like you do. there no there's some simple processes that we could create so that lobbyists weren't in control and in cahoots with our government like for example the food the food pyramid okay when those people are getting paid off and i'm going way back here but when those people are getting paid off by our government officials to say that sugar is good for us because there's no fat in it and they're getting paid off. How do we stop that? We stop that 
from not allowing the government to be bought out by companies. That's the problem, is that companies are paying government officials to do unlawful things. Mm. Right? Yeah. But the... Yeah, I guess all lobbying, doesn't that just come down to re-election money? That's what it is, right? It's like... Mostly, yeah. Right. Getting Getting elected officials that will do what you say by paying them more. Yeah, but in a sense, it does give, like... Like the, the super PACs, the super PACs, for example, are sure. But do you think it's an entirely one-way street? By the I don't know. By the companies having the power to like buy off politicians, does it mean that they then control the politician and also they influence them? Right. For of sure. course they do. That's why they pay them. Yeah. Right. Right. But if you take that away, and these companies then have no incentive to like. They, they don't need to give any money to politicians because there's no control factor there. Right. And they just... Work for the people. Right. I mean... That's what I'm saying. So then these companies work for the people instead of working for the government and having the government pretend that they work for the people when in reality they work for the company. That's what I'm saying. So then, then the politicians themselves entirely work for companies for, not for people no no they would work for people if they didn't have the lobbyists right exactly yeah so that's what i'm saying right so if they do that exclusively do you think that there's some like potential cohesion that is positive that could be working between high level companies and high level government officials i mean yeah there's going to be some fuckery in there but do you think that there's something that works I think that if the people were being represented as much as these companies with large amounts of money, then absolutely. Then we wouldn't be talking about food pyramids getting skewed towards a company's agenda to make more money. 100%. So then we wouldn't have 50% of America fat as fuck. Yeah, but also... That f- one food pyramid came out of that university. Yeah, I don't, and that, that was dog shit too. Yeah, the Tufts University. Yeah. I don't even understand that. But what I'm getting, I at, get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. And, and well, and 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 to bring it back to the conversation, Dave Smith is very, um, he he just he he speaks eloquently when it comes to, in my mind, just just uh, what am I trying to say? Um. He understands that there are certain things that if we changed, it would create such a better system, right? Like if we, could, if we quit trying to save every other country that's going through turmoil by saying we're these liberators and we're the, the best country and we're going to save you, if we could take that money, and let's just say Ukraine, for example, and I'm not saying sending Ukraine money is a bad idea, what I am saying is there's fucking people on the streets who are starving in our own country. Why don't we start with those people? I think that's kind Wait, of the, the thing. homeless? Well, just people in general in this country. Let's start on our country before we go giving billions of dollars away to other countries. That's, what, that's all I'm saying. And I feel like Dave has that mentality. Like, if we started with our people, let's get people out of jail for stupid crimes. Let's, you know, start working on creating a system where people can thrive in our own country before we try to save others. Yeah. Right? I mean, I that's know. what I got out of it. I, I That's definitely his take, but to me, I don't... I, I kind of feel like there's probably a reason. I don't know if it's a good one, but there's probably a reason that is like, okay, we have to intervene in shit in other countries... Because otherwise, like, if if we have no connection to, like, all of Asia, for example, we're just, like, we're just focused on America right now. We've got some connections in Europe. Mostly everything else, we're just leaving alone. Stuff can get way out of whack. Right, but can I, bring, can I just bring up Iraq for a second? Yeah. Look what was ha- a shit show. Look what happened with, like, companies like Lockheed Martin. Like, right, they're a private company that works for the government. Mm -hmm. They're creating 
missiles and bombs and planes and all of these things that were paying millions of dollars for a private company to then go and drop these bombs on other countries in liberation, in the name of liberation and creating democracy for those so-called countries. Right. Is Iraq any better than it was 20 years ago? Fuck no. What did that do other than make a bunch of billionaires in our country? That's all I got to say about that. Yeah. We didn't have to kill a million Iraqis to make a few billionaires, but we did. We killed millions of people to create billions of dollars for a few companies. You know that's exactly what happened? I don't know this. Absolutely, dude. I mean, if you look at the history of Dick Cheney and who he was in cahoots with, absolutely. And they said, and again, this goes back to the Tonkin. He was a shady character. This goes back to the Tonkin. um, What did you call it? Tonkin, sorry. Gulf. The Gulf of Tonkin. They are claiming in the Iraq war that we had weapons of mass destruction. We all know now that that was untrue. That is why America was for it. And, And also because of... 9-11, obviously 9-11. We were revved up. But before 9-11, this is before 9-11, mm-hmm. we were talking about weapons of mass destruction. That never, that was never a thing that was actually true. We could never prove that they were doing that, that, that uh, Saddam Hussein was creating weapons of mass destruction, that we know that now. But companies like, uh, I can't think of the other one, sorry, Black... Black uh, Oh, the hell was the company? Like Blackwater? Uh, Blackwater, yeah. one of those. Uh, I think it was. One of the Cheney, mercenary groups. Cheney, Cheney was on the fucking board. So Yeah, they were cashing in. Anyway. We're, what about the last bit of Putin saying, you like fuck with me too hard, I'm definitely using nukes. I tried to look that up thinking there would be like a video of it, or there isn't, that I found. I guess he said it, though, because there were reports. Yeah, but do you believe those reports? I don't know if I do. I don't know, man. I I'm mean, n- if I'm you look at history, if shit. you look at history, do you think that's true? I, I, I would say 50-50 that's true. Dude, I, f- I feel like Elon Musk <laughs> needs to make <laughs> s- some sort of laser thing, right? Hold on. Stand by. This is some Tesla shit. Yeah, he needs to make that so there's like no nuclear fallout. And all you do is just find out exactly where people are and you just zap them with a laser. I mean, people have phones. You're going to be in a narrow it down. You know? Yeah, man. Let's say you just know he's in a big building, but you don't know where. The laser just spins around, draws a picture, and just zaps everyone inside. I mean... We can't have people potentially trying to fire off nukes. It's a no. huge fucking problem. No, yeah, no, I agree. I How agree. hard are those lasers to make? No, I, I don't I know. I agree to that. But and someone needs to make them. Speaking of another thing I agree with, just one, one more thing that I have, because I, I do really believe in what... I do believe in what they were talking about. Um, again, drugs. Again, doom and gloom. Today. No, 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 no. Right, this you, is a good thing with Dave Smith. He was talking about was how all gloom. drugs should be legal, and I agree I with like that. I like it. I absolutely agree with that. I mean, the death toll for eighteen to twenty-five year olds—the biggest death toll is fentanyl and overdoses. Yeah, that's we could horrifying. stop that if we. And look, I'm I'm not saying I know the answer. Like, once drugs, like if 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 all drugs were legal, how do you then? figure out a way so that some people can't get their hands on them. I don't know. Well, you put age limits on it. Some licenses. Like and again, like we see it with weed. Tests. We see it with weed. You got to be 21 to buy it. That's fine. I get that. That's great. But I also I see some discrepancies there with weed. Like weed is so strong. I don't want my kids smoking weed. And he's going to be able to get it before he's 21. I mean, that's just a fact of the matter. But if my kid's going to blow a line of Coke, I would hope that it's legal so that at least we know that it's cocaine and not fentanyl because he's going to do it anyway, right? That, well, that's where I not, agree with that. Not everybody does Coke. I'm, I'm not saying everyone's going to do it. I, what I'm saying is if you're going to do it, at least you know what it is. Yeah. Look, man, it's risky to take drugs 
anyway at different right. times. Different drugs, different amounts. It's all risky. But if they're all legal, we know what they are. None of them should kill you. Right? None of them should kill you. Right. Right? We you can, can agree on that. make some mistakes and fuck up, but yeah, it shouldn't kill you. And maybe there is a way. Maybe there is a way to like legalize it and get tax money from it and keep people mostly being responsible. I mean, if there's good... I think it's just good education. I mean, even Absolutely. people that I've known that have got into coke, um, you know, they didn't necessarily do it forever, and I don't think they destroyed their lives, the people I know. Yeah. I mean, there are plenty of people that have, but there are also users that are responsible, and they come into it for a moment. Maybe it's like in their 20s, a bit into their 30s, but then they get more responsibilities, and they get kids, and they're just yeah. like, you know what? This doesn't really fit with what I'm doing. I'm getting well, older. If you have kids, you got to stay up. <laughs> you don't well, get enough sleep. You got to stay up. Get some coffee. <laughs> get some coffee. Hypertension uh, is a problem. You know, so that, yeah, I mean, look, that was, a, that, was, that was an intense conversation. No, I like that guy. I thought he was good. I thought he was good. I hope we get him back on again. Let's jump over to Greg Fitzsimmons. Bless him. Greggy. Come on. Brilliant. This one was off to a good start. What did you think about the start on this? Um, I think that, I look, I thought this was a great talk. I think that when they were talking about... Um, Working out. I mean, they, they, they got right into how working out keeps people from being depressed. Well, it's sober October, me, baby. I think about that all the time. I am an individual who struggles with depression, and the best way for me to get rid of it is to work hard and to work out. There's two things. I, I, I work my ass off so that I'm not scared or feeling anxious from not getting shit done. So, like, my procrastination creates depression with me. Yeah. If I'm not doing the And you're things, a professional procrastinator. I'm at getting times, I'm getting better. You're doing I'm, great. I'm getting better. But, but you are pretty good at it. These are the things that create anxiety, which in like anxiety creates depression for me, right? Yeah. So if I can stay on top of things work wise, I'm usually not depressed. But if I am if I'm on top of my shit and I'm still depressed, go to the fucking gym. If I go to the gym and you and I have talked about this plenty. If we go to the gym and make ourselves like, you know, Joe talks about this a lot, do the cardio. Run three miles as fast as you can. I guarantee you, you're going to feel 80% better. Guaranteed. That's a long way. Guaranteed. Yeah. And that is literally... I we'll mean, get some kettlebells if your knees are fucked up. There's, I mean, there's shit you can do. There's always something, you know. And then by doing that... You, uh, you know, you just feel better. Well, and you're more, and you're like, you don't have as much clutter in your brain when you get to work. Well, that's what right? they say. It creates this peaceful mindset where you don't have this chatter and this negativity. And they talk, I mean, they, they went on and on about this right at the beginning, which I, I loved because creating a regimen where you are pushing through that negativity, and I don't know any other way to do it. I don't know any other way to do it. Maybe making art. For some people, it could be making art. For some people, it could be gardening. For others, it could be just going on a walk. Maybe going on a walk is good enough, but for me, rigorous exercise is what gets rid of depression for me. But it has to be rigorous. Like If I go to the gym and I work out like half-ass, I almost feel worse. Do you? Yeah. Did you just know you fucked it up? Or yeah, what? I'm like, no, I didn't fucking try hard enough. Like, mm. I'm just too hard on myself. And I feel like Rogan's that way too, but he just knows that he has to do rigorous workouts every day no matter what. Oh, yeah, that guy hammers for sure. Right, but Sometimes, he's also never some, depressed. But hold on. Sometimes I go in and kind of half-ass it. It's like I get, I build up a little bit of space with myself. I'm like, yeah, I really hammered it this week. It's Friday. You know, I'm just like, I'm going to go maybe easy. And yeah, but you go I to the gym okay. every day. But you go to the gym pretty much every day, right? Yeah, every day, yeah. Okay, so for someone like me who goes three times a day, when I go... Oh, those, three times a week? Or, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Damn, three, three times a day, bro. Those, th- those three times a week, I, I have to try my hardest. Yeah, they can. Or else I feel like I've... 
discounted myself. Mm-hmm. That's true. And it and and that you, was interesting to then hear. Then you that. come into the studio and stop putting my stuff away and like lose maybe some of my barbecue tools. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it, it it all plays in. It all plays in. It yeah, it does. You I gotta mean, hammer it, those. It creates it creates a. Let me ask you this: not to get too yeah. off track here, no, but I it. but I like talking about the fitness thing. I think it's yeah. important. The when you go in, do you have a plan ever at the gym? Yeah. Well, do you just make it up as you go? Because that generally isn't the best way to like do the good sessions. If you know what you need to do, you're gonna do it. I would say that I have a routine that I typically do. I typically do the same routine. I will run a mile as fast as I can. I will go on the stair, and I do this at the end. I will start with weights. I'll do the weights that I typically do. I'll do the squats that I typically do. And honestly, I I wish I was a little bit more... um, I wish I had more... uh, Variety. No, just variety in what I do. But I typically will do like the bench press and I'll do the, you know, the curls and I'll do the squats and I'll do the push-ups and the sit-ups and the, uh, and then I'll run at the end as fast as I can for a mile. And then I'll do the, um, you know, not the elliptical. I, I can't stand the elliptical, just the stair stepper. I'll do oh, yeah, the, I'll solid. do the, I'll do the stair stepper for 10 minutes solid pretty much as fast as I can. I like to get, do as rigorous as I can for this shortest amount of period. Yeah, I did that this morning. It's brutal. And like there's him. just something about doing that rigorous shit that you, you're like pissed the whole time you're doing it, but when you're mm-hmm. done, it just feels so much better. I, that's when I listen to Rogan in that. That's great. I just put it on the... That's like a great time to do it because I'm like focusing on something else. Yeah. That helps a lot. I need to try that. Yeah. Because the whole time I'm doing the fucking stair stepper, I'm pissed off. Yeah. Well, do something else. <laughs> also, you got to trick your brain. Come do yeah. some kettlebells sometime. I, yeah, that, I need to get That'll give you that. some variety. I mean, they at the end of the Sober October talk, they talk about the first time they did it when they got the My Zone, and I got that same thing. Joe got... I remember when he posted it, he got 11,000 points in a day. Dude, I had that my zone for a year and a Rem- half. Remind me what that is again. Is it's that like the, a the chest strap that oh, it that, like right, measures right. it on the app. So it was before they had really good things like whoop straps and other stuff. Dude, I couldn't even get close to ever beating that. How Rogan ever did that at his age, it, astonishing. I mean, also, yeah, they definitely almost killed themselves. Oh, I wanted to talk to you about the hypnosis. Have you ever tried that? I haven't, but I've thought about it plenty. I've wanted to I've wanted to do hypnosis. Sounds really interesting, right? What do you think like you can gain from it? I heard people can like quit smoking and maybe like habit forming things. Joe kind of talks about it as like it's a very this like relaxing state that you can get into. Do you think it would just be good for stress and um i mean i i would tell you what i would use it for i would use it for um the temper that i have the Mm -hmm. anger the anger that i can get into easily with my son and my wife and as much as i love them i can get into and i've yeah i mean therapy has helped with this a lot but i would like to think that hypnosis could also help yeah of just like calming down my temper you know, like reaction to things, right? Like instead of just reacting instantly to something that pisses me off of just being able to like somehow not get to that point where I'm just reacting that heavily. Yeah, I mean, tempers are bad. Because that's a problem. Thing. And I, you know. You don't lose your temper though with me ever. No, I don't. I lose my temper with, I can lose my temper with my two-year-old though. You know. It makes sense. If he's doing something or crying or not listening and which is ridiculous right because he's a two-year-old he's like, two bro. should be the last person it's I have easy a temp- for me to say i don't have a two-year-old but also it's like he's two it's the last person i should have a temper with right <laughs> but i'll get there and again these are things that i have been working on but there's also i i would also say that i would love to be hypnotized out of my depressive states too i don't know if that's a thing yeah they just hypnotize you and then say hey 
Cheer the fuck up. Yeah, it's man. like that dude from uh, Office Space. Was that Office <laughs> yeah, Space? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like snaps. He's just fine. He's just like, yeah, daddy, I love working in an office every day. We're good. Just flaying his fish on his desk. Um, I will say that, like, honestly, though, I feel like my therapist can do that. Like, I feel like my therapist, honestly, I've told my therapist that, dude, you hypnotize me. Like, I, like, whatever you just did last week, I have completely changed the way I'm dealing with my issues right now. That's good. It's nice to get a therapist like that. But there's good ones out there, man. You just got to look around. Yeah, but I'm sure hypnosis could obviously help with that too i just have never tried it i don't know who does it i don't know like i don't know enough about it but there's also thought processes i don't think rogan ever did therapy but he's always been very introspective i mean take for example when greg was saying people only make as much as they think they're worth oh that was good i loved that well his dad told him that right yeah and i like it too i think it's true in the sense of what it means is, you know, so people are holding themselves back from what their potential could be through yeah. fears. Yeah. And even if they start to make more, they don't think that they deserve it or are worth it. And, you know, and maybe even when they start making more money, then they value that so much that that's all they focus on. It's like, where will I be this year, next year, the year after? It's like any corporation that just has to have like infinite growth. It's like, oh, if I'm making this much now in seven years, I'll be making this much more. What I loved about hearing that is as much as that resonated, Joe just jumped in and just was like, yeah, but also don't think about those things. Just think about the thing that you're doing and get better at it. Like, he's not looking at where his comedy is in four years or where his podcast will be. And it's not to say he's not ambitious. He is. He just is ambitious in a different way. He just focuses on what he's doing. Right. Like, hey, let's say you start a tile company and you're just learning it and you're getting into it and you're making some money and you're just, you know, instead of thinking, wow, in five years I could be making this much money, like, Maybe that gives you the confidence to struggle through times when you're like really not making anything because you're like, hey, this is an investment worth something. But if you believe in it and you just focus on the task in hand, right? Instead of like laying tile all day, wondering how much money you'll be making in seven years, you just think, let's make this look amazing. Let me lay all this tile as well as I can or whatever job it is you're doing. You just crush it eventually you're going to get so good at that, it'd be undeniable and worth this, whatever the money stuff is. Absolutely. But focusing on that is just too stressful, it seems like. That that was the absolute best thing that I think they talked about was stop getting in your own way. You know, talented people will fuck themselves over by... Yeah, don't sabotage yourself. Self-sabotaging. I mean, self-sabotage. I've done it's it. Very common. I've done it so many times. Mm. You, 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 you let yourself, you basically talk yourself out of it, right? You talk yourself out of being successful. Yeah. It's like get over yourself. Instead of just focusing on the work, which what, what to Joe's point, focus on the work, do what you love, focus on that. Success is going to come. When success comes, keep focusing on the work. Right? Yeah. Keep doing what you do, but making it better and don't think about the money aspect. As hard as it is, it's not easy. Well, and also don't take yourself too seriously. And it's a discipline. It's, I mean, straight up. And we all know that Rogan is a disciplined mofo. I mean, he always has been. That's why he's so successful. Yeah, we could learn a bit. No one, no, yeah, people can say all sorts of things about Rogan. They can't say he's not successful and disciplined. Mm -hmm. Like that doesn't, that doesn't even equate to him. Yeah. But it's like a good mindset too. But yeah, constant. That to me made a lot of sense. Well, yeah, just concentrating on being better at what you do and just concentrating on that and not worrying about the existentials and the the things that come with being successful. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really important. And not, you know, not everyone can do that either. Like you got to make money. But I think if you're doing what you love, the money's going to come. Money's going to come if you're doing what you love and you're and you keep 
doing what you love because you love it, the money will come. It might take a while. But it, but it takes a while anyway. I mean, you hear it, it all the time. It takes a while if you become a lawyer. It takes a while if you become a doctor. It takes a while. Yeah. and it, There's and always it, an investment. Why not figure out a way to enjoy it? It sounds so easy. But honestly, it no, is. No, it's hard. Yeah, but, it, but no, I was going to say it is. It is easy if you focus on what you're good at and just focus on that. Mm-hmm. Then it uh, kind of is easy. And I like that that was the message of their podcast because these two have done it. Right? Yeah. They started in comedy together. There's a great story of Greg and Joe, like looking at a comedian on stage that just does it full time and them saying to each other, wouldn't it be amazing to pay your bills doing this? Yeah. And now they're in a position where they, they can just pay their bills however they want to. It's like awesome. podcasting, stand up, the rest of it. It's, of course, they believe this path. And I, you know, I don't think it's like a completely unfeasible path either. No. You know, you don't need to be a super athlete to like be good at stand-up or most things. You can just practice a lot. There are certain things that you just can't do. You and I couldn't be UFC heavyweight champions. Right. Never well, going to happen. I don't want to be. But there's limitations. Yeah. What I'm saying, though, is a lot of things, if you just really dedicate yourself to it without the complications of one, sabotage, and two, you know, you, like, kind of fantasizing constantly of where you'll be and what you're going to make of yourself. You just focus on what you're doing. Yeah. I mean... Have you have you heard the... Well, like, um, like that NFT guy. Um... Oh, what's his name? Bebop, Bebel, Bebelbop. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> he does art every day. He was a great guest on Rogan. Um, just a brilliant like artist, and he came on. He's making like a hundred million a year or something. Yeah, yeah, dude. And his art is brilliant, but he just loves that. Yeah. It's I. For sure, if he was not making any money doing this and found a way to survive, he would still do the same yeah. amount of work and the same quality and do it for next to nothing. He just loves doing this. It reminds me, have you ever heard of the um, Thousand True Fans? I'll have to send it to you. No, it's called that? A Thousand True Fans. So if you have 1,000 true fans that will give you $100 a year on whatever it is you do, I don't care what it is you do. If you can find a thousand people to give you one hundred dollars a year, that's a hundred grand. And to most people, a hundred grand is probably more than they're making right now. Right? Mm -hmm. Doing some shit job that they don't like. No doubt. So I've thought about this a thousand true fans thing. It's like if I can get a thousand people to like what I do and keep them stoked, and it doesn't matter what I'm uh, doing other than focusing on those a thousand people, if they pay you a hundred dollars a year, that could be, you know, maybe you sell pottery, maybe you sell art. And I'm, I'm thinking of this as a creative. So right. like, I'm thinking of it as an artistic way, but you could sell other things too, right? You could sell services for a hundred dollars a year. You could be a plumber and sell your services. I mean, it's a little bit of a weird way to think about it as a plumber, but as an artist, if I'm selling a product, whether it's a magazine or a t-shirt or a piece of pottery or a piece of art or a print or whatever, if I can get a thousand people to give me a hundred bucks a year, that's a hundred grand. Not many people need to make more than a hundred thousand dollars a year, right? It's, that's a lot of money. It's a ton. You can live pretty well off a hundred G's a year. You I don't say. need much more than that. Again, depending on when where you live, maybe in LA, a hundred grand's not enough. But you know what I'm saying? It do only you, takes a thousand people to, you know, stoke do you, out. Do you think that everyone one day could just do the kind of work that they want, and the world would work? I think it's. I think we're working towards that. I would love that idea. We got to mechanize a lot of shit jobs yeah. in order for that to happen. Yeah. But imagine if everyone could just do the work they love. Yeah. Well, we also have to change our school system because the school system is completely screwed up as far as what we teach people, how we teach people. You know, trade school should be an absolute thing, right? 
in Europe they are. They're not in America. Everyone, you got to go to college and pay way too much money for an education that you may or may not ever use again. So that to me, it's like you got to step back and say, okay, what are people into? What do they want to do with their lives? Start there in in high school. Like there's a lot of people that shouldn't go to college, but they do, and then they end up in debt. And Rogan talks about that a lot. So that's a whole nother subject. But this like I agree. I mm-hmm. like that is starting to happen. And I think that's why you see right now that you can't find enough people to be bartenders right now. You can't find enough servers. You can't find enough people to work for UPS right now. UPS yeah. is having an absolute horrible time trying to f- find people to drive around their trucks. Dude, they can't, can't do it. You can't even go into Wendy's. You can yeah. only go through the drive-thru. Right. Well, people don't want to do that job. I don't blame them for it. I like to walk into Wendy's. It makes me sad. <laughs> but I get it. I don't want them to do it either. I do. Yeah, I get it, I too. I don't want them to have to do it. I get Let's it, Let's make too. a machine that just, like, flips burgers around and puts yeah. it all together. Agreed. We can do that. Agreed. Anyway, on that note, I think we we covered it. What a week. What a week. That was good, good to be week. back. Good week. Good to talk to you. Love the fans that listen. Thank you for sticking with us. As always, we appreciate you and um, love you. Talk to you next week. Stay glad.